Hey everyone, I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. On today's episode, I had Ken Carr. Most of you know of this person's existence through the medium of the Twitter account known as What's Up Tucson. I love this thing. I love Twitter. I love this What's Up Tucson idea. And Ken is a really cool guy. We had a very interesting conversation. I really enjoyed it. I sound very robotic. I don't know why I've taken that tone. <laughs> but that's the tone I decided to take in this small introduction. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. Ken Carr, everybody. Hello, everyone. This is another episode of Selves Talking. Today I have Ken, um, the man behind What's Up Tucson on Twitter. Thank you, Ken, for being here. Thank you for having me. This is uh, pretty exciting. I uh, never get the opportunity to talk about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's not true, but um, it is uh, very, uh, it's very nice fun. that you have me here. Thank you. No, 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 thank you. Um, I sh- just right off the bat, you 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 handled the WhatsApp Tucson, right? Like that, the, that's correct. That, yes. that Twitter account. Now, as being um, controlling that has your hope for humanity dwindled or increased because of that? Interesting opening question. Um, (laughs) You know what, one of the things about running any kind of media is that you have a certain degree, well, you you have total control, but you have a certain degree over how the tone of that kind of works. Mm. So in the case of What's Up Tucson, I originally started it as, um, and it was actually given to me, I'll tell you that story in a second. Okay. started as a little more of a here's pictures of Gates Pass at sunset or here's a local event and um, the first 25 years of my career I worked in radio and the last radio station I worked on was uh, Mega 106.3 it's now called 106.3 The Group but it was old school R&B and I did afternoon drive and I really believed in Twitter this is back 2008-2009 when it was really starting to become popular when Ashton Kutcher and CNN BRK were the first two Twitter accounts to race to hit a million followers. Seems wow. so long ago, right? Wow. We're coming up on a decade. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I thought um, a, a woman, a wonderful woman by the name of Lisa. I'm still acquainted with her to this day. I've never met her in person, but mm-hmm. uh, she sent me a tweet one day and said, "I started this account, but I'm moving to Monterey, California." Oh, wow. And uh, I know because uh, I follow your Twitter account at Ken Carr. Yeah. that um, you're a big fan of this platform and I thought you might be a perfect person to ask if you'd be interested in carrying this account on because I didn't think it should leave Tucson. Right. And at the time, it had uh, just shy of 2,000 followers. Wow. And working in media my entire career, my thought process was, hey, this is a database because my own account had maybe 500 followers at the time. Wow. So I said, sure, and then I thought, well, what am I going to do with it? Right. So I did this a little backward. Most of the time you start with the purpose, right. and then you work on you know, getting the audience. Of course, whatever. of course. So I said, sure, and thought, well, the first thing I could do is, because you know, um, it still seems to be growing at a nice pace, is add some of the information I would put on, in, on the radio in the afternoon, um, like traffic reports. So I started putting uh, up, you know, because I had to get that information anyway, so right. I would just tweet it. 
Here's a car crash at uh, Speedway in Alvernon, and wow. uh, they've blocked off the intersection to go around it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and it kind of started with a little bit of um, almost like police ride-along fare in a way. Here's a fire, um, right. and uh, you know, if you wonder what the smoke in the sky in the north part of Tucson is, here's what it is. Yeah. And a little bit of, it was almost like, yeah, a little police blotter, um, live PD-esque uh, kind of content. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it's kind of developed from there. So it took a good, probably, mm, close to five years to hit 10,000 followers, and I just kept wow. at it. Um, once it hit 10,000, two things happened, mm -hmm. is that uh, the Twitter following public started catching on to this account in a bigger way. My follower uh, counts in started increasing at the neighborhood of about 1,000 followers a month. Wow. And to the point where I'm at 86.4 today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and a crowdsourcing component started appearing. People started sending me pictures of, I'm at this location. Hey, here's a car crash, yeah. here's a rollover, um, here's a house fire. Uh, and and uh, suddenly the value for people following this account, because they now were able to see these things, right. um, grew exponentially, right. and the race has been on ever since. That's so cool. How, do you know of any other Twitter that like is doing something like that? Um, become a message board for a whole town. People have people have tried to duplicate this. Mm -hmm. I'd like to think you know that I am just so damn cool that uh, <laughs> you know it's a groundbreaking idea and <laughs> no one else would ever duplicate it. But that's not exactly how the world works. No, no, not at all. Um, one of the there's a few things that end up being kind of the uh, secret recipe for how this works. So I'm going to tell you now. So if uh, you decide to try an account like this, know. I guess you you uh, you're about to get the you're about to get the secret items. Um, <laughs> one is, it is work tw uh, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, and multiply that times, the account is nearly 10 years old. Right. You get the idea of the number of hours that are involved with this. It essentially it takes up all of my spare time. Wow. Uh, one of the reasons it's on Twitter is because I work full time. I'm uh, executive producer for the Morning Blend Show at KGUN 9 TV. Right. And uh, I'm expected to still do my job. Of course. So Facebook is a much higher, um, although worldwide it has you know, a much larger audience and, mm -hmm. and user base, right. um, is that Twitter is easier for me to maintain. Of course. Um, one of the things about Facebook is is that um, it is packed full of trolls. So there are people who will, you could, put a, you could put a car crash picture up and someone will say, well, you know, this is a result of, uh, of city policies that say this and this, and I try very hard to keep politics off of this plat platform. As you should. Because I kind of built it, er, built it from the time that I got it as if I was following a Twitter account, right. following one Twitter account, what would be the most valuable to me? Information. And I started with yeah. that premise, and it's kind of, you know, yeah. evolved a little bit from that point. But yeah. um, I think a lot of times, I think a lot of times people forget when they do any kind of media is right. that if you don't like what you're doing or the content that's there, it's going to be a lot harder to continue to be passionate about it for an extended period of time, of regardless course. of how much uh, success you have. Yeah. So I kind of looked at it as, you know, um, I always want to know what's happening. If I'm driving home, am I going to be stuck in traffic? Of course. Uh, you know, um, what's happening in my neighborhood? Yeah. People, that's kind of a universal... Uh, set of circumstances. Of course, of course. So I kind of worked from that premise to uh, 
to build it really along the way. Right. Wow. How how has it um how has it impacted you? Just that seeing how it all came together and becoming crowdsourced and stuff like that. Um, one of the things that's uh, um, probably you know important to note here is that I have made broadcast media, and now it's it, this is a social media arm, I guess of that. So we'll say media, yeah. my career. Um, started as a disc jockey at 21 years old, two days after my 21st birthday at a uh, top 40 station in uh, middle of Nebraska. Nice. And um, um, I've always had a little bit of an entertainer in me, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And um, my, when I was in uh, elementary school, my parents um, would get frustrated because they'd come home from parent-teacher classes. and the, the teacher said that you could be a really smart student, but um, you're busy entertaining all the other kids all the time. I'm running around <laughs> talking to kids at other desks and et cetera. Right, right, Little right. did they know that uh, I would turn it into some sort of meaningful and um, monetarily successful career. But, yeah. <laughs> but I, I really um, have kind of worked to learn all of the parts as I got into this as a career about um, whatever I could. So as far as the, the world and what goes on around me and, and the, all the facets of the career I chose, I try to be a, a, I've always tried to be a sponge. Right. So 30, um, coming up on, uh, well, it's 30, I started in 1987, so you can do the math, 30 plus years. Yeah, 30, 31, um, 32. That, uh, I lost count, that's terrible. <laughs> um, that uh, I, I still think I never stopped learning things, and right. it's always been an evolving business. So that's good. radio for the first 25, and one of the things you end up learning in the radio business, and as I've moved on to being uh, you know, a producer in television, is it how do you build and find audience? And that is uh, really a big key to doing something now that's moved over to social media, is that you'll discover that you can either handle it a few different ways. You can find things that are universally um, interesting to people. Right. Uh, you can push people's buttons. That's what's going on a lot right now in the world with right. uh, with you know political leanings and um, you know we have a very polarizing president whether you love him or hate him right um, nonetheless he uh, has the ability and that's probably his experience working in media uh, right. the, the media part of his uh, life besides <laughs> being a gazillionaire right um, is that there is a moment where you figure out when a piece of content suddenly um, either pushes your follower counts or get, gets a lot of, um, uh, of interaction that you need to do more of that. Right, right. You start, you would see the what gave results and then you would follow that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess in a simple way, this is a, um, for the audience that's listening to this, um, you don't know me at all, but um, I tend to uh, come up with uh, odd, simple analogies. Um, is it, it's kind of like if you're going to uh, make love to somebody, mm. and you do something that they seem to really like. Right. You do more. Do more of that. All right. right. So if yeah. you take that simple analogy and apply it to this, yeah. it becomes okay. Uh, people really seem to want to know. Um, uh, one of the things early in the mornings for What's Up Tucson are speed traps. Right. Um, they're driving to work. They want to know, okay, I, um, I'm in a big hurry. I'm going to be late for work, but I better not speed down this stretch because right. there are uh, you know, motorcycle officers there. Yeah. And um, I have gotten great feedback from Tucson Police and the Pima County Sheriff's Department um, and even uh, DPS as well about the fact that 
platforms like this help get the word out that they're looking for drunk drivers or speeders or whatever, and um, it ends up being a source of marketing for them as a secondary um, <laughs> help and safety thing for the, for the public. A lot of people don't realize that. They yeah, think yeah, it's, yeah. why would you put that up? Um, they're supposed to catch speeders, but part of, uh, of that is, you know, putting a little fear into the public is, you know, <laughs> I really shouldn't drive so fast. Right, so, um, it's, so it's it, in a street, yeah, it's yeah. helpful in, yeah. uh, in a weird way. Entirely, entirely. So anyway, I I have uh, ended up um, figuring out over time um, what kind of works and doesn't. So it started as a little more of a crime blotter. It's evolved into um, one of the more popular uh, kinds of content that I either retweet or um, or start are lost pets. Um, right. People lose dogs in this town at a uh, alarming rate. Is it is it that? <laughs> and uh, it kind of depends on the day. Fourth of July was terrible. Really? Uh, fireworks scare um, animals right. uh, like nobody's business, and they tend yeah. to run. You know, they're in the backyard and they tend to hop the fence, dig a hole, right, uh, disappear. Oh wow! Right. And uh, so I've kind of figured out what works and doesn't, and that's yeah. a feel good for people, and I think that's helped as well. Of course. Um, the other thing that I also I have ended up doing is that I used to keep this a very serious platform. Mm. Um, it was specifically the information, nothing but the information. And when I actually added a little bit of my own personality and sense of humor, right. um, the follower counts on the uh, on the account actually um, increased faster. Wow! So they wanted to know that somebody's there. That I'll answer a it's question. Human. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I'm not making fun of, uh, you know, if somebody died um, somewhere, that's not funny. No, of course um, not. If a cow, if some cows wander onto the road on Houghton, right. um, and, uh, you know, I say, hey, they need to move, <laughs> um, that's a little bit silly. It's not hurting anybody. Right, um, so I try not. to be thoughtful about um, applying that a little bit, and, yeah. uh, and that seems to be kind of popular of as course, well. Of course, of course. People love that. that it, it, it allows them to relate to it. So, you've had a career in media and throughout throughout your life, essentially. Yes. And you just so happened to get this Twitter account and made it your own. So, first 25 years working in radio, right at the end of my radio career um, stretch is uh, when I ended up getting this account, mm -hmm. and um, thanks to Lisa, who now lives in Monterey. Of course. Um, and uh, in figuring out how this works, is it? Um, it's been kind of fun knowing that uh, I, you know, have had a positive impact on the community. It's something that people want. Yeah. Uh, I keep it very Tucson focused. So yeah. if something sad or tragic happens in New York City, I'm probably not going to tweet it because I keep it here. Yeah, of course. And um, I like that. I like that um, a lot. And over the last six years, I've worked in television. Is that I still have, you know, been able to keep it up and. Um, um, I'm actually kind of looking at the, at this point, I never thought I would hit 10,000 followers with this, and now um, <laughs> 100,000 seems like a very likely possibility. Oh, wow. I will, I'm sure I will hit 90 by the end of this year. Probably. Um, and into the low 90s, so I'm thinking at some point in 2019, I'll actually cross the big 100. Wow, that's so crazy. Uh, how, does, how does that feel to know that you're, you have, you passed the eyes of that many people? Because that's know, really eerie. You know what kind of is uh, really <laughs> telling is that um, uh, I like the TV show uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? It Whose used to be on with uh, ABC with uh, Drew Carey hosting, and uh -huh. um, now it's on uh, the CW. And uh, one of the stars of the show is Ryan Stiles. 
And through just scanning through Twitter just the other day, um, happened to notice a tweet that popped up that had been retweeted by somebody else. And when I clicked to see how many people were following his account, it said 36,000. I thought, here's a national television star who's been on the air for years. And I have nearly triple the follower count that he does. Is that that kind of moment puts all of this into perspective? Or um, I have the in terms of I guess news and information, which this kind of falls under. Of course, uh, I have the largest follower count in Tucson. Um, next uh, behind is uh, KOLD and Fox 11 together. Uh, under Tucson News Now, which is about 8,700 followers behind. Wow. So they have a complete staff. They're a multi-million dollar uh, organization. <laughs> Even the TV show, the TV station I work on has mm -hmm. dozens of people working in the news department. Right. And that's uh, part of you know what they do. And actually, I um, they like my account because I'm quite helpful at giving them news tips and um, oh, wow. you know and the, the folks who work at KN9 are very hardworking and a really yeah. great group of people so a lot of times if I need additional information about something I'll go down the hall to the newsroom right uh, they're just down the hall from my office and I will ask or I will turn around and share hey I just got an amazing picture sent to me of right. this incident a lot of times they will contact the follow that particular follower who sent it to me asking if they can use it on social oh, media. How so useful. Um, so there's a there's a through a set of circumstances that a lot of people wouldn't have available to them is that um, there are ways to cheat, I guess, as opposed to if you just did this and you were an accountant and decided to st start doing something. Right, else. right, right, right. The, then like comparing to comparing your followers to like that of the of the the person who's on national TV. His followers are all scattered throughout. Yes. Your followers are... Southern Arizona. Southern Arizona. <laughs> For the most part, yes. <laughs> that, that's, that's powerful, in my opinion. It's, it's so interesting. Uh, it's become one of those moments where understanding what the impact of all of that is, is that also means that I have a responsibility mm -hmm. um, to be Giant. thoughtful in how the accounts run. Of course. Um, you know... I can have a pretty silly sense of humor, yeah. to say the least, <laughs> and um, and sometimes I have to remember to be appropriate or not naughty or um, <laughs> not, uh, you know, I'm not there to push people's buttons. Um, I've walked a handful of people who've been really aggressive at trying to push this into something that it should not be. Um, it, it's that. been a small handful, literally yeah. less than 10, but... Yeah. Um, but there's, I, I never forget what got me to this point, what the focus of all of all of this is to make this powerful. Yes, that's a, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. It really it boils down to is is wanted to be helpful. Is is being helpful and and useful for people who follow it. Again, with the same mantra that if I was following an account, what would be. What would you want to see on what, what would be the place that I would start, or uh, what would be useful if I moved to Tucson or lived here, right. or I'm a local, right. uh, or I'm here for the weekend, or whatever mm -hmm. it happens to be. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Um, and so when you took, so like it was at the end of your radio career that you got the account. Yes. And I'm guessing at the same time you began working for TV. That's right. So uh, as far as me and my career is that um, at that time, was uh, 2011 they decided to uh, the company decided to uh, save some money and fully automate the radio station and they took the DJs off at that time they're back on now they decided that was a bad uh, choice years later right. um, <laughs> but uh, 
they took the DJs off to save some money, and I was out of work. So I um, got, but literally two days after, um, I started tweeting that, hey, um, through a sad set of circumstances, I am looking for a job. Um, I'm still going to keep tweeting. Thank you very much. Something to that effect. Mm -hmm. Is that I got contacted by the news director at Fox 11, who said, have you ever thought about producing television? We follow your Twitter account all the time, and you would be a good candidate for being a news producer. Wow. And I thought, well, I have to eat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I got a rather large severance check from uh, Journal Broadcast broadcast group the company on the radio station at the time so I had a minute to kind of figure out what I was going to do yeah and so I agreed to go over and meet him and they said you do a, you've done extraordinary work with this uh, Twitter account and again this is just about the time that it passed 10,000 followers I was in the low wow. teens at this point wow. snotty teenager right <laughs> <laughs> I don't know uh, anyway uh, <laughs> fine. Uh, and uh, they said well look uh, it's quite obvious from what you've demonstrated on the Twitter account, yeah. you, you know the city, yeah. uh, we can teach you the mechanics of producing, how to manage the software and how to decide what story goes first, second, third, and etc. Um, teaching somebody a city and kind of the nuance of that is a much longer process if we move somebody from Seattle or Boise or, or Denver or something like that. So they offered me a job as a weekend news producer, full-time, and I thought, well, if there's a chance for me to kind of change my career, even though it's parallel to radio to some degree, right. um, this is it. So I, I took the job. Awesome. Six weeks later, um, the company that owned Fox 11, um, and still does, actually, uh, announced they were going to do what is called a shared services agreement in the industry. And what that means is that they're essentially farming out the producing of their newscast to another station in town. And they pay him a monthly fee to um, to do all of that work, which in this case was KOLD Channel 13. Right. So um, they told all of us that were working in the news department, which was close to 30, um, that we would be out of work in six weeks. Oh, and I wow. thought, wow, I was bent over twice in um, in in, um, in in less than two months' time, and yeah. how and how crappy is this? <laughs> oh, man. So I called the news director at Kagon 9. Yeah. I had worked in the building for years with all those folks, even though I worked down the hall in radio. And I said, hey, I've got six weeks of uh, news producing experience. Do you need a, a news producer? And he's laughing on the end of the phone. His name was uh, Forrest Carr. He's unfortunately passed on from uh, effects of cancer at this point. But he, uh, he said, come on down, we'll have lunch. So I got dressed up, dressed up like a, an interview, even though I'd worked there and with him for years again down the hall. And uh, we went and had lunch at a little Italian restaurant. When I came back to the station, uh, he said, um, um, I think we, we uh, might want to hire you to produce Good Morning Tucson. Wow. And uh, one of our producers is leaving. And as I was leaving the building, I ran into another guy who said, what are you doing in the building? And I said, well, I'm about to uh, lose my job again, um, thanks <laughs> to the circumstances that are un out of my control. And he right. said, hey, come into my office. I might have the perfect job for you. We didn't think you'd want to do television. And I said, sure. And um, it turns out that ended up being the job that I have now. Wow. But one of the things that's ended up being a huge benefit for the news department at Kagan is uh, the fact that because I still run this Twitter account, is now it's back under their roof, so to speak. Right. And so Not they've used it as a sort of a secondary asset in a way for, right. um, for their own purposes it's in, in news operation. And because um, um, I don't do anything controversial on it that would be a... a uh, 
you know, a detriment to the news department is they let me continue. Uh, I mean, it's competition, but not really. Mm. So it sort of works as a more of a, a, more of a, par a parallel, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. a parallel thing than, it, than anything. Uh, I've never figured out how to monetize it. So, and I haven't really spent any time digging into what that would involve. Um, so, because I, I do it on my own time, my own expense. Um, is that the the corporation leaves me alone about it? Right. Yeah, I can see that. I, don't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even know how to monetize it either. I don't think. I don't even think you could and keep it the same. You probably could, but what uh -huh. it would end up happening is, is you'd end up doing it kind of like how Twitter does now, where all of a sudden you're scrolling down and you get a. Promoted ad for a chocolate bar, right. yeah, promoted tweet for, for Pop-Tarts or whatever it might be. Right, right. It would probably have to be something like that, but it, um, it would take time and resource that I currently don't have time to spend doing it. Yeah. And um, there probably is a tipping point. I don't know what that would be, where if right. it's once I pass 100000 if somebody would come to me and say, we'll pay you X number of dollars to do, most likely, you know, a certain amount of tweets. I don't know if that's on the horizon and it's going to surprise me one day or not. But right. Uh, you probably get to a certain amount of followers. You can't really sell <laughs> accounts on the or on Twitter. Twitter doesn't allow it. Oh, really? So it's not like I could build it to that point and then you and know, give it away. Um, oh, and then so, yeah, you know, uh, you give me fifty thousand dollars. Here's you know eighty six thousand right. followers or whatever. Because you can do that with Instagram, but you can. Uh, I don't know. I honest with I've you. heard I heard a couple people do that. Like I had a an acquaintance of mine who built an Instagram page just with houses of like with pictures of houses that he liked and he built it to a certain amount of followers and then he sold it for like five thousand dollars wow yeah maybe i'm on the wrong platform <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't think you know i would be enough to retire on if i uh, keep it keep at it right yeah no it would be great you i mean you it's it's a valuable resource that you've been tilling in in this virtual world and it's it's it's, it's marvelous um well, I think that one of the things that it energizes me about it the most is that we're still on kind of the front edge of what social media will be in the course of the years, even decades to come. Entirely. Um, and so Entirely. I'm kind of excited about the fact that if I've had any level of success at all, um, and everyone's definition of success always varies, right? Yeah. Um, if I've had any level of success at all at this point, um, that there is kind of an uh, unseen frontier ahead. Yes. Um, either a couple possibilities. Um, this could really evolve into something much grander than I ever thought. Mm -hmm. I pretty much focus on Twitter, and Twitter's popularity and use has changed a lot since the uh, president has been a Twitter user. Really? Um, because one of the things that's really evolved, and that and a combination of um, Facebook deciding that it wants to become a more personal platform. Because brands were evolving a lot more on Facebook for a while. Mm -hmm. You know, if you like, uh, if you love Pop-Tarts, you'd, you'd like the Pop-Tart page. Of course. But now it doesn't populate as much as what your friends are doing. Here I am at a bar drinking a beer. Um, I'm on vacation, and here's my my you know picture of uh, Coronado Bay in San Diego. Wow. Those are the things that are populating in people's Facebook feeds now. Really? And so if you have a page, you either um, and Facebook is basically kind of how do I put this? It's kind of screwing the brands in a way. Or the, if you have pages, because in order to get those seen, you have to write a check. Wow. Um, you know, it's Facebook bo uh, boosts. 
Yeah. So you that. you uh, you put your credit card down, and uh, they'll boost the post. So now you're you're being seen, but they're making money on the deal. Right. Um, Twitter's a little more of an even playing field still to this day. Okay. Good. It still works in a monetary, or not a monetary, but a, uh, uh, a sequential is what I'm trying to say. A sequential, yeah. you know, if I tweet now, order. that's at the top, and then it moves its way it's down. It's still so chronological order. Right. Um, and it's become more of an information-based platform. So it's still kind of Very where true. it started, but it really has evolved to be solidly, if you want to know what's going on in the world, if you, um, if you have favorite celebrities, if you're a big fan of an Ashton Kutcher or Justin Bieber or something, um, that you follow those accounts and they populate in that order and it's not buried so much as it is with Facebook. And Facebook does require, if you have a, a page, a lot of a lot more maintenance, I think, um, from looking at the two. So yeah. What's Up Tucson has a Facebook page. I, I have literally put nearly nothing on it. But, <laughs> but it's sort of parked as a existing page if I get fired one day for, you know, they don't want me anymore, I guess I'll have the time to uh, dive into what that would uh, involve in terms of time and effort. Yeah. But um, uh, it, I'm not there right now. <laughs> wow. No, I, I completely agree with you on the, on what social media can be. I've always had the sentiment of like we're we were using we're using the technology at in our at our hands in a in in not the most optimal way. Like there's more ways in which we can use it. It's like we, we were given something and we think it's a hammer and we keep using it in a, as a, in a way of a hammer. Well, I think the one thing that's really different about it compared to media and even celebrity uh, from the past before it existed mm -hmm. is that you and I, average, average guys, have the opportunity if you figure out how to uh, create something that people want to see yeah. can become famous or um, you know have notoriety or use that to build your own brand that's one of the things that's really very new about this in a lot of ways is that you have the chance to build a brand around like even this podcast right what does this podcast do what does it mean how um, how do you build audience with it and and, um, and you get the word out further at no charge to you as long as you have a cell phone plan or a, a Wi-Fi somewhere. Right. Um, is that you can be, move on to that, uh, you know, the lanes of that freeway. Right. Um, it would be cost prohibitive to do that. Otherwise, mm -hmm. if you tried to do something like this and you had no way of getting the word out, right. it's, you know, you hand out business cards on the street corner or you're, right. or you're found by accident. Yeah. Now you have the chance to, hey, um, could you please help me, you know, and so it's, it's changed the way in which, um, you know, somebody like, for example, the Kardashians right. um, would be completely irrelevant to the world if, if it, it wasn't, wasn't for business. social media. It's very true. Because basically they've made a huge business out of being uh, known. Right. Which is weird. Hey, buy my makeup line. <laughs> Who the hell are you? That's what people would say 10 years ago. Right. Not that way anymore. No, of course. Uh, you become a fan of people or the ideas that they have. Or, right. Um, and that's kind of what works with What's Up Tucson. Right. One of the things I've really wrestled with, and I don't have the answer today still, is that how connected do I make What's Up Tucson and Ken Carr? Is, right. is that a singular brand? Is it a separate idea? I've kind of left them separate, but yes. in a lot of ways they are married together. We're, of course, because um, you do give it your sense of humor. Yeah, I mean, if uh, if I gave the account to you today and uh, and stopped doing it, it would 
feel different. It would probably feel different. You have the same idea, and I could explain to you what kind of work, but it would feel different than mm -hmm. if I did it. Mm -hmm. So is that part of the recipe for success here? Possibly. Right. Or you could look at it the other way. If I gave it to you today and you managed it differently, maybe you could do twice as well as I have. Right. Who knows, right? Yeah. It, it that's, what, that's the human factor in all of this. Of course. Of course. I, I find it to be almost like, um, like uh, my analogy for it when it comes to this kind of stuff is, is, is uh, farming. And you're tilling virtual land, and what you're tilling and growing essentially is followers and attention. Sure. But if you're, if you have, you have to be consistent. You have to put in the work so that you know you can actually, like, you'll get the plants to grow. Essentially, that's how I see it. Sort of. I think it's a crazy concept to to uh, realize that um, anyone else on the planet, let alone thousands of people, um, give a crap about something that I do. Right. You know, right. Yeah, that, that's weird. <laughs> well, it kind <laughs> of is in a lot of ways because you know what I mean. We live in a world where, um, still to this day, at the at the end of the day, you can care a lot about other people or other causes or other things, but right. um, but it still comes back to what makes you personally feel good. Mm. So you know, we can go back to doing this podcast for a moment. One of the reasons you do it, spend the time that you do, is because it's something that you find rewarding. It makes you feel good entirely. And if there's a secondary benefit from you know, having somebody like me come on and I enjoy doing the interview with you and I'll walk yeah. away going, hey, that was fun. And I felt good about it. Hey, it added, it's like the cherry on the sundae, right? Right, of course. And the, the thought process that um, we are all a lot more connected, I think, um, to, to things and people and ideas um, has evolved from social media. Um, sometimes really good things Mm -hmm. And sometimes really negative ones. We go back to politics for a moment. It's one of the reasons I've stayed very far away from doing that on this account. Right. It's because I have thought that my political views really are irrelevant for what the for what greater purpose of this could be. Right. Of course. Um, you know. Of course. And I think a lot of people uh, are having trouble separating those, those issues. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. I can see that. So if you are a person who's been unhappy because of the ideas, for example, that were uh, at the forefront during the Obama presidency, and now your you know the guy you you like Trump. Let's say that's the case, right? Um, and now you have a, a platform, regardless of you have two hundred people following you, two thousand or two hundred thousand. Right. You now have a platform to put your who you think should be president or your party or your ideas out there. Right. So one of the things that's coming really to the forefront that is sort of the ugly for social media and I think we have to kind of as a, as a uh, society on earth mm -hmm. have to work through yeah. is that how to use that power in a more wise and intelligent and thoughtful manner than sometimes it is. Not entirely. Uh, you know I mean in, one of the things that uh, is also coming to play is let's say for example we're sitting in this lovely cafe and right. we didn't get service fast enough. It's not the case, by the way. They're <laughs> lovely and wonderful people. Yes, very lovely. Um, but we didn't get service fast enough that you pick up your phone and you can you complain about it. And whoever happens to be connected to your Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever, yeah. um, now you're putting bad those, you know, that bad, bad word out there with right. the idea that I have the power to bring your place down unless you do what 
I want you to do. Right. Um, and most people can't handle that power. Yeah. That's See, so it's just kind of the same so idea of uh, there's been TV shows um, on cable like this where um, I won the lottery and now I'm bankrupt. Right. It's someone who all of a sudden has, they used to have, to have a minimum wage job and right. now has won $50 million. I don't know. When you have that much buying power, um, you go crazy. <laughs> you're buying cars and houses and uh, you're going on trips to wherever and now I own a yacht and suddenly you burn through $50 million and you have to file for bankruptcy because you couldn't afford it all even though you couldn't afford it before. Right. Most people who do, who handle wealth well, yeah. kind of have worked up to that to that place, that level. Of course, which sort of, if, if going to a, a 360 for a moment, sort of applies to the wealth of social media. Right. If you have an extraordinarily large following, or you don't, uh -huh. but whomever is following you, there's some sort it's of influence you. for what you put out there yeah. uh, with that audience. Very true. So if you Very are if you are reckless in how you use it, mm -hmm. um, it's not helping anyone. Right. It's more more detrimental than anything. Well, I think it. it, it some people are easily influenced by stupid. And so, if you are there reinforcing stupid, then um, how is that helpful? I'm not saying everyone in the world needs to be noble and, and thoughtful and perfect I mean that's a right. society that we that's a goal that'll never be achieved right of course um, but when you have something that you didn't have before I mean I'm 52 and um, all of this didn't exist really prior to about you know the early 2000s when MySpace started right um, and AOL in the late 90s is that uh, you know we all pretty much lived our little lives you had your your set of close friends or whatever and yeah. they were the ones that, that uh, if you had something good, bad or otherwise to say would right. be your audience yeah. unless you were one of the handful of people that worked in some kind of broadcast media, radio, TV or whatever and that was a you know small group. Now we all have audiences and that's an important thing to keep in mind I guess. Wow. Is that, uh, I know I have uh, as the follower counts for this uh, for What's Up Tucson um, have grown is yeah. that I have a huge responsibility I, and I realize that and I think I've kind of in in using the lottery analogy because I started in radio in the late 80s of course um, is I've kind of worked up to understanding what that responsibility means because when I would work in a studio on the radio and you know have 25, 30, 50,000, 100,000 people listening you know during my uh, my time slot is that I had a responsibility to not be reckless with um, information. wrong information right. or, or uh, you know playing with people's emotions those right. kinds of things right entirely it really goes back to that um, little piece of advice and I'm connecting it to a comic book now but the, the piece of advice of Uncle Ben with great power with great responsibility yes that's <laughs> true <laughs> I'm going to Spider-Man <laughs> very nice <laughs> I remember, I remember watching that, the movie, the first movie came coming out, and I went with my father, and uh, Uncle Ben said that, and my dad, like, pokes at me, and he's like, it's good advice, pay attention to that, and I'm like, oh, oh okay, then, char, it hasn't left my head, and it seems to be much more prevalent now, as I'm getting older. I think that, uh, <laughs> well, you've, you've, uh, um, you know, taken a headfirst dive into the world of media, doing podcasting, and, and related, and, um, it's a, it's a, it 
it's a good thing to remember. A totally yeah. good thing to remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Entirely. First radio station I worked at, a uh, guy that was on before me, and I, when you, at least back then when you started in radio, you usually worked the crappiest shifts. I mean, I started middle of the night, you know, Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah. Um, that's always when you would hear the worst disc jockeys, because they were always the ones that were brand new, usually. And, um... Uh, then I, you know, as I got better, I got more primetime shifts on the weekend. So I usually did like Saturday and Sunday afternoons. So lots of people listening at that point. Of course. And the DJ that was on after me one Saturday, I want to say. Um, yeah. I think I was on like 10 to 3. He came on at 3 o'clock. And, and a um, Associate Press had just started up. Um, we had a little tractor printer back then. So it was spewing paper at like oh, a, wow. a warp speed. Yeah. Um, you know, that there had been a, a major plane crash somewhere in the east uh, part of the United States. So, um, 200 feet dead or whatever, and so he goes on, goes to announce this plane crash, and then cracks it rather, and I, I can't recall the joke, but essentially it was making fun of the situation. And phone lines lit up, what a jerk you are, how could you make fun of people dying like that? And he got in huge trouble with the program director at that station. Because he didn't use so he didn't use his power for right. uh, for the right you know right purpose. That yeah. some things that aren't funny. No, no some things aren't. That's that's yeah, man. That that's so interesting. So unless you built your brand, where basically you try to make a joke out of everything that isn't funny, and you can consistently do that every day for the rest of your life, yeah. then don't go there. Right, right, right. There's I mean, some people that have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's like a comedian who specializes in that specifically. But yeah, you have to have uh, you have to have um, a big set to uh, to do endeavor like that. Cause yeah, entirely. Yeah, <laughs> that's not me. I'm, a, I'm not that mean of a guy. Uh, neither am I. Uh, I, uh, I could be an asshole, but uh, I'm not that mean. I'm not that mean. Yeah, no, that that that's, that's really prevalent. It's prevalent more now than anything ever. Um, what are? How do you feel on like? the old mediums and the new mediums that we're entangled with. Do you feel like that we're going through like a transition period from moving, leaving behind the old mediums and going into the new? Yes, one of the things that's happened is that, uh, and I, I work in what is, I guess now still considered a legacy medium in a way. Mm -hmm. um, th those th big three would be newspaper, radio, television. Of course. Television being the newest of those three. Right. So TV is still the big, gorilla in the room. People still watch a lot of television, although right. they watch more on their phones and less on um, their actual televisions, is that TVs still sell well. People still want to buy a 70-inch to watch right. World Cup soccer or whatever right. it is. Right. Um, but how people are getting um, what media they consume um, has shifted significantly. I find, I find cell phones very fascinating in a way because I'm old enough to remember when the Walkman came out. Right. The Walkman, which was, if uh, you're not familiar with it, watch the movie Rain Man from about 1990 or so, <laughs> uh, was a, a device about probably, I don't know, the size of a brick. Right. A little bit thinner, but about the size of a brick. little black and white, three and a half inch television inside of it uh, with a pull-up antenna. Oh. And, um, and it, you could get broadcast TV. Yeah, I remember that. They day. were ultra expensive. <laughs> For the day, and then right. we go back to the 80s, that was about a $500 appliance, which would be close to between $1,500 and $2,000 in value today. Wow. Um, and now you can get 
HD quality video um, in almost anywhere you can get a cell phone signal. You can watch full movies. You can uh, watch clips of your uh, friends. You can download porn, for God's sake. Uh, I mean, the, the list goes on and on. Uh -huh. it, it is um, such a shift from uh, how all of these leg legacy mediums first started. Of course. So newspapers had it the hardest. Because um, I don't think there will be a point where there will be zero people that will want to read a newspaper anymore. Right. Um, but now you can get it all online, and as opposed to putting uh, a dollar into a, a machine outside of like a coffee shop here and pulling out one copy of a newspaper to read right. about 20 pages of stuff that was printed yesterday, right. um, is that you can now get it immediately. If right. I want to know exactly what's happening, that's kind of... I guess I'm taking advantage of that on Twitter. Of course. Um, if you want to know what's happening this very second, yeah. um, you go to uh, you go to your social media channels, yep. and people get upset if they don't find out right now. Mm -hmm. I will get pushback from the uh, the following audience of, of this Twitter. It's like, um, I heard gunshots in my neighborhood. Why aren't you telling me what this is? <laughs> Which could be somebody popping off firecrackers. Yeah, right. That's one of the uh, hard the challenges of doing this. Is the hard work that comes from this is um, being on top of it yeah. endlessly. Yeah. I mean, you and I will be sitting here for about an hour. I'm not checking my phone because I'm trying to be here. Of course. Uh, in the moment, Let's that's an important it. thing. I think is that some people who live on their phones 24/7 need to remember that the rest of the world is still occurring. Right. Um, so that's why Twitter works for me is because I do it when I have a free moment. Mm -hmm. um, but newspaper. Uh, did not figure out well how to move into the digital realm. Right. Um, they are still doing it, and believe it or not, smaller um, market uh, newspapers are still faring the best. Wow. Towns that maybe are even smaller than Yuma size, let's say, for example. Wow. Okay. So that, that if you sense. live in a town of 30,000, the newspaper is still the only media you're probably getting. Right. And um, so you'll still buy the newspaper because you want to know what's happening in your neighborhood or you'll go to their website. Mm -hmm. So they have the most leverage. The larger cities where cell phone signals are better and there's a lot more media involved is that now you are, as opposed to one of the major chunks of media, your lane is now much, much narrower. Right. Radio is sort of facing the same issue. There's lots of radio stations and you are fighting against um, other media where you don't have uh, to be supported by commercials. Right. Um, commercials allow radio to be free and to pay right. for all the, con you know, if I, you want to win $1,000 on, uh, you know, be the 10th caller or whatever, right. or, um, and paying for all the talent and the, and the power bill, and etc. Right. Um, but the um, slice of what you have in terms of available audience is smaller. Right. So you still have to figure out how to make that valuable to somebody who buys advertising. Well, if I have less audience, do I still want to spend $100 for 60 seconds of airtime? Right. Is that as valuable to me? So that's the challenge that they face. Will radio go away entirely? I don't think so. I think it just boils down to how it navigates in a, a much more crowded field. So here you are, for example, doing the podcast. You're now, there are lots of podcasts, and yeah. in the future will even be more. Mm -hmm. As more people are deciding to try to do you know, a venture like yours, right. is it how do you make it distinctive and competitive in an ever-increasing you know, competitive landscape, right? Very true. Um, television's facing the same thing. Yeah. Um, I work at KGUN 9, which is an ABC affiliate. Um, Scripps also owns the C, uh, CW affiliate here, so we have two TV stations. Oh, wow. Um, if you have a digital tuner, 
<coughs> excuse me, we have a digital tuner, you can also get our side channels. Mm. So there's Antenna TV, which is classic TV, and Laugh, which is classic comedy TV. Wow. And all of those are over the air right. um, on those channels in addition. Um, uh, LA TV, which is uh, Spanish language. And so all of that is now on just signals that were, would have just been those two stations. So it wow. used to be four, five, six stations here. Yeah. Now you can get hundreds. Yeah. Uh, I um, am amazed every day at how um, narrow some of the the cable channels and uh, available channels are in terms of their programming. You used to have to be wider because you got a lot of larger audience. Now you focus to get a specific audience. Right. So yeah. you know, Lifetime sense. is now basically targeted to women. They don't really care if boys watch. Right. right? You've knocked half of the the, the planet off of the uh, very specific. Well, that's that is more specific yeah. than. Just here's entertainment. Right. You throw it all against a wall. That's very true. It's very true. Um, and that's you know still the thought process I have with um, with even something like What's Up Tucson mm -hmm. is is that how how far out do I make the content because someone else and you asked me this question in the beginning so I'll address it now. <laughs> um, have there been other people that have tried something like this? Mm -hmm. The answer is yes, but um, because of the what usually is ended up scaring almost everyone off from making it what I have with this uh, Twitter. I'm so awesome, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that uh, uh, is the work that's involved, and it really boils down to um, yeah, that, that's that. one of the that's one of the biggest parts of this is it's just putting in the constant work. work. And so there is a What's Up Saurita, there's a What's Up Green Valley, there's a What's Up Oral Valley. Wow. Um, they all have a few hundred followers. Wow, okay. So um, I guess, you know, I can toot my own horn from the standpoint of uh, <laughs> I'm, proud of, I'm proud of the result I've gotten from the work I put in, but yeah. it hasn't been because it was all handed to me as a gift. The work no, was there. No, the work was there. And yes. the other thing is the people that follow this account have contributed. Course, which yeah. is uh, an even bigger part of all of this than the work I've done it's myself. They've, yes, they've been willing to. Um, they've been willing to take the time to send a tweet. Now, it, it's kind of it takes me back to my old radio days, where if you ever called a radio station, you heard your voice on the air, you told all your friends. Dude, I requested a song on the air today. Uh, we all love that moment, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that still applies to What's Up Tucson. That's so um, funny. People get super excited if I uh, if I retweet their content. Yeah, Although yeah. they're actually helping the cause for this entirely. Um, so it's it's entirely. kind of a nice little relationship. Yeah, I've even used the What's Up Tucson. I had a friend who lost their dog, and I was like, "All oh, right," and then I just like tagged you into it, and then you retweeted it, and I was like, oh, "There it goes." Hopefully, the dog found. <laughs> and uh, it actually happens quite often. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so it, it, it's so useful. This little little account you you've uh, garnered yourself over here. It's great. It's great. Um, and you know what? I guess uh, everybody has their own brand of fun. It's been a lot of fun to do it. I bet. I guess I bet. part of it is because um, it's been. Uh, I've gotten. I mean, I've gotten a lot of satisfaction for it, seeing it grow. Of course, I can. I bet it's like. I probably would still be doing it if it had 100 followers, mm -hmm. just because it's. I like it for my own uses, but yeah. um, there is something very energizing about seeing it so have much, this right? kind of benefit. Yeah. Um, Tucson Weekly each year has the best of Tucson voting that they, uh, right. they do, and um, I understand, although I've not really spoken to somebody from Tucson Weekly to know if this is true or not, um, so this is sort of a grapevine moment. Huh. Um, is that uh, they created the best Twitter category in the 
the voting specifically because of this accounting system. <laughs> so I've only won it once. Okay. It was in 2016. Um, been nominated every year, uh, which is this is the sixth year, I believe. Oh, wow. That, that okay. category's been in existence. That's awesome. So, um, and, and nominated again this year. We'll see if uh, we'll see if I yeah, have a shot at winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> some uh, other worthy uh, Twitter accounts that are uh, there's competition, but yeah, um, there's people just like I do that uh, love living in the city and all the things that are involved with being here. Yeah, and uh, I love know, this some city. yeah. There's some other people who also stepped up and done you know anything from Tucson foodie with the uh, food right. um, around town right. to. Uh, various takes on uh, things that What's Up Tucson does. There's a few Twitter accounts that specifically focus on just lost dogs ah. or cats or whatever. So yeah, that's very it, um, they, they, pick, they pick that apart. <laughs> that's kind of what uh, how media works is that if you have a really good idea, but what if you took a piece of that really good idea right. yeah, yeah. and owned that? Right. Can I make, uh, make my own way? Yeah, that's a, that's a, you can find your own niche now and you can make use of it. In it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very. It's so the mu new medium to me seems very liberating in that aspect. In that aspect, um, we all started zero. Yeah, we all started zero. <laughs> it's e it's an even playing field. It's you don't have to zero. own a transmitter. You don't have to own palatial studios. You don't right. have to spend ten million dollars to get started. Right. Um, you need some sort of device to get on the internet mm -hmm. and an idea. Yeah, that's that's pretty. And much that's it. that's pretty. That's pretty fair playing field, really. Yeah. Um, whether you are a uh, completely insane homeless person who happens to have a, a phone, <laughs> but you have your idea, to uh, you know, it. to the greatest scholars on the planet. Very true. You know, Very I mean, true. Stephen Hawking tweeted. Yeah, he did uh, before he passed away. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, that's so cool. Um, thank you for being on here. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for letting me just ramble on and no, on and it's, on. It's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, I, lo I love that. Before you leave, though, um, I ask this question to most of my guests. Okay. Um, what's your first memory? You mean like ever on ever, the planet? Ever, ever. I was born in Van Nuys, California, mm. Los Angeles area. Um, moved, my family moved to Nebraska when I was uh, when I was five. Okay. So I do have a few memories of being a little toddler in California, and one of the funnier ones is, and again, this is my age showing, right? Um, my parents had their house um, in California, in L.A., um, decorated very L.A. 70s. So we had the big hard couches and uh, funky pastel colors, yeah. and, um, and oddly enough, one of the earliest memories I ever have is falling off the back of a rocking chair that my um, my parents kept until I don't even know if I probably was in my 20s. I think mm -hmm. they finally ended up selling it when they moved from uh, Nebraska to Texas to live near my brother. Um, but I fell off the back of it and for some reason wow. I just remember that particular moment. It wasn't a long memory, just bizarre memory and uh, I guess my mom tells, told, told the story later. Um, of the fact that she was absolutely horrified because, of course, it bloodied my face up. Right. Um, but I don't really have any residual scars from, uh, from dude because I apparently just went smack face down <laughs> and then started screaming like a like every child does when they uh, when they have an injury. Uh -huh. But um, that was not 
that rocking chair was not designed to have a child crawl on the top of it because it tips. Fine. Wow. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great first memory. Yeah, it's terrible and sad and awful. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good first memory. Thanks for the downer. <laughs> That's the doubt. end of the podcast. Not a doubt. <laughs> thank, thank you for sharing, Ken. Um, thank you for being on. Um, everybody, I, I guess you can figure out where he's where you can follow him. What's up, Tucson? Um, do you have any other places? That, that uh, also on Facebook, if uh, you are not a Twitter person, still love to have you there. Um, and uh, Count does have an Instagram. I also don't use it much either. So really, it's Twitter. Um, I also am uh, on personally on Twitter at Ken Carr, K-E-N-C-A-R-R, and Facebook and Instagram. Um, those, uh, if you uh, really want to see what my dog looks like or uh, you know <laughs> uh, what I ate for breakfast, um, that's the place to go for that. Fantastic. And, uh, and also, uh, if you uh, watch TV in Tucson, um, Morning Blend, which is on 11 o'clock yeah. uh, weekdays, is on Kega 9 TV, as well as uh, 1 o'clock in the afternoon on the CW. Nice, um, nice. We'd love to have you there as well. Beautiful. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Catch you on the next one. And that is the man behind the What's Up Tucson Twitter account. Interesting fellow, right? It was a, it was a great conversation. Real cool guy. Um... And I feel like me and him could probably talk a lot more about mediums and all that kind of stuff, mostly since I'm in the business of doing that myself. I really enjoyed this one. I hope you guys did too. Um, You know, go follow What's Up Tucson if you're not already. I feel like it's a great resource that we don't even know how to use yet, like most of the stuff that we're using currently. Um, besides all that, I don't have anything really to announce as of yet. I will say this because I literally just missed it. (laughs) The day of, if not the day of, the last couple hours of the day, I realized, oh, it's essentially the the podcast's birthday, which is on July 23rd. Coincidentally, it's the same day as my my nana's birthday so that's cool <laughs> so the podcast has become uh one year old at this point living life all right cool i didn't i it, it's, it's been a year now since i've started this thanks for listening guys thanks thanks for all the support and the love um love you back like a lot <laughs> Thank you for listening. Really. Thank you for listening to this one, too. That's great. <laughs> um, and hopefully, hopefully, can't speak. Hopefully, there are plenty more conversations to come. Not even hopefully. It's, there's going to be more conversations to come. But that's for lighter. For now, thank you for listening. And I'll catch you on the next one. <laughs>